Hey, what do you say you and me take a walk over to the tavern? Let's pull up a chair. A little something to eat. <laughs> Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny. What are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips, and chit chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. For too long, I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. <laughs> Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Mouse and Castle podcast. We're here to talk all things Disney, and we're doing it. We're finally doing it. It's a thing. We are ranking our top 10 Disney rides. Attractions? Rides? Attractions. Well, we're going rides. Right. Even though attraction's a correct word, but we're limiting it to things that move. Yes, things that things that move. We're not talking like the, you know, Beauty and the Beast show. We're not talking Frozen. No turtle talk. No turtle talk with Crush. Mm-mm. That doesn't no. count. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's uh, hey, I'm Riley, and hey, he's Aaron. How's it going, Aaron? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I I feel like tonight might be a controversial episode, mm. and maybe even yeah. you and I may. Maybe as, uh, get into fights. Right? You know, as two guys very plugged into the world of Star Wars fandom, uh, you were re- we're ready to get controversial. But <laughs> right. but but about which Disney rides we like the most. <laughs> right. Um because I, you know I, I I'm so ready to go. I'm literally bursting. <laughs> well, we already had like we've already argued about this before. we've been we've already like, been fighting already, we don't even agree on how we're ranking or like <laughs> how we came to the conclusions we came to we're already disagreeing about we, that, so. we haven't even disagreed on the rides we're disagreeing on the whole process and yes ladies and gentlemen there's a process and we'll talk about it but i i've gotta i've gotta start off the episode well that's a that's a tease ladies and gentlemen a radio tease for the main segment of the show but here at the front uh i wanted to talk about it's been a while since we've it's been a couple weeks since we had a chance to sit down record an episode so i wanted to catch up on a couple big ticket items mostly from the q1 earnings call that happened uh aaron so uh, on on all things disney so uh we'll have the links to i've got two main stories that will hit at the front of the show and stick around for the back half of the show where we will actually go through our rankings and 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 you will hear aaron and me fight like an old married couple right here on the podcast it's gonna be really exciting i can't wait (laughs) but uh all right uh i tease maybe only slightly Disney Food Blog has uh, a great roundup. Uh, it's just simply titled, How is the Walt Disney Company Really Doing? And they have a, 10 takeaways, and I just wanted to kind of get your reaction to these, Aaron, uh, as we go as we kind of go down the list of the main takeaways from the Q1 earnings call that kind of give us an idea of where the parks are at and the future of the entertainment division as well. So number one with a bullet, masks expected to be required at Disney World for the rest of the year. They're going ahead and saying, yep, rest of 2021 at Walt Disney World, you know, of the 50% of parks that are open in the United States, expect 100% mask wear for the rest of the year. No surprise there. Yep, no surprise there. Although I wonder if they will have any type of exception for, um, for people with disabilities and things like that. Because mm, they don't currently, correct? Currently, there's no exceptions at all. I, I can see that. 
I imagine they won't, but I know that's one of the criticisms mm. uh, that it kind of limits who can go because of that. Yeah. Yeah. The second item was also coronavirus related. Disneyland, again, still standing by for opening date, but um, likely to remain closed through March at this point. The latest is definitely staying closed through March. But again, that's kind of the latest. Each month they're like, yep, it's definitely at least another couple months. I mean, March is next month, so that'd be exciting if it was opening back up in March. Yeah, and this and this the Q one call was like at the um, was it very end of January? I want to say beginning of February, where okay. they where they did the call. So it was a little earlier when when they did it. But you know, again, I, that they're fragging that it's usually three or four months out that they kind of are blocking off of like, yep, yeah, definitely not opening. I love um, that they're just sneaking. Like they're opening more and more of the actual parks as like shopping. You know, I was going through the stories like, for this, and there was literally only one story that I wanted to talk about, um, like in a little bit more depth other than the roundup. So I, I'm going to take this a little left turn detour because what you're alluding to, Aaron, is this, and I'll, I'll read straight from the ABC News website: Disney California Adventure Park to debut. Ticketed food and entertainment event. March in March, one thousand employees. Oh, hello, <clears throat> and an ad. Um, but a thousand employees to return to work. That's great. But they are literally doing a quote limited time ticketed experience to debut at California Adventure. They're literally opening the entire park except for the attractions, and and you can get a special ticket to go to the not. It's definitely not a theme park. Park. <laughs> it's so funny, like the loopholes. It's almost like why not just open the park and then call it a ticketed event? I mean, you know, just like have people pay admission, but just call and, it a ticketed and event and just keep every the day. attractions closed. Like, how, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, people would pay even if you cut if you cut the price down maybe just a little bit and said, okay, we're gonna, you know, you can come into the park. You can. There's not going to be any mm-hmm. any rides to ride, but you can go to the restaurants. You can shop. You can walk around. Yep. Go hang out at Pixar Pier. You know, people would pay to do that because uh, is Carthway Circle was one of the one of the restaurants and shopping experiences in the front of the park that had opened up mm-hmm. as a as a shopping district, right? Um, and I, again, I we kind of joked a little bit about it, but it is fascinating how they do these. Um, um, I don't and know. they're talking about opening Main Street, I believe, in in Disneyland. Mm, yeah, I had heard um, that they were planning on trying to open that could, as well i could totally see idea. that i could totally see that yeah. um here's here's for those of us who just like to walk around a theme park and not necessarily spend the whole time going on roller coasters this will be almost the same thing said disney historian david koenig i want that job disney, disney historian, historian. <laughs> you gotta be you probably gotta be about 30 years older at least right yeah and know a lot more about disney yeah. look look at our <laughs> itunes reviews no um <laughs> No, there that's, are that's Disney true. parks. There are there are newer Disney parks older than you. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? In fact, I think Animal Kingdom opened the same year I was born. Actually, I was going to say I was ninety one. Uh, I want to say Kingdom, but I wasn't sure. I think no, it, Animal Kingdom was like ninety eight. Oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely newer. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I feel slightly slightly better. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So Ken Potrock, uh, the uh, my, my favorite Disney executive to read quotes from, quote, 
Well, uh, this is clearly not all we want to accomplish. It's a start. Teams are working as we speak to start recalling identified cast members in the coming week. This past year has presented extraordinary challenges, but that has not curtailed in any way our ability to move forward with a spirit of optimism. Also, screw the the L.A. No, (laughs) he's the same dude who had some pretty harsh uh, statements for local and state level governance decisions when it comes to theme parks. It's kind of funny. I think that it, I think that's just, just going to be they're going to slowly reopen everything they can, and and I and I think that we may get a few months at least of Disneyland and, and California Adventure functioning as um, theme parks in in all but name and roller coasters <laughs> and and attractions. It's funny we're talking our top ten attractions later, but at least for you know someone like you and me, I don't think. The, the attractions themselves rank as the number one reason you go to the parks. I, I don't think it does for no. me. The number one reason you go to the parks is the parks. Yeah. You know, it's the atmosphere. It's walking around and, you know, obviously the attractions are icing on the cake. But if there's been plenty of times I've gone to a Disney park and not ridden anything. Yeah, same. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the exact same spot because I think the – while the at- attractions are are classic and and often have an element of nostalgia to them and 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 I think bring the I would say one of the core elements of the park what Disney has specialized in so much is making the theme park experience about so much more than the attractions which is turns out in today's environment worked out well for California Adventure and Disneyland because I think it really will give them the opportunity to have maybe a four or five month stretch where the park is essentially open with and they'll be paying employees who'll be able to you know get their jobs back and you know be manning the food stands and restaurants and shopping centers and everything else that they can do so uh, I think that's a good thing I think I think Disney Disneyland parks will be open in time for the um, the holiday season, yeah, yeah, is my guess. I think that's that's probably something they're really hoping for to well, get them open, you know, by November. Yeah, no, and I, I think, think so. it's a reality based on kind of you know what's going on now with vaccinations and case counts are dropping. I yeah. do think that we'll see Disneyland open in 2021 for sure. Which lends to the next piece of information that dropped: Avengers Campus um, scheduled to open later this year, set to I'm open. Excited. The uh, new land based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, in fact, the first MCU uh, official land area on the Avengers campus. Um, of course, it was supposed to. In fact, that was the last Disney travel plans we had roughly in place um, before right. before COVID was talking about going we out to Disney to be there last in summer. August. Yeah, last summer. Um, I've I've never taken my family. To the California parks. Oh. I've gone with you. Well, you, <laughs> you're kind of family, but my actual aw. family I've never <laughs> yeah. taken. So I think that might be a 2022 okay. plan. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Because Quinn's at that age, I think he would love Avengers Campus. Well, here's the deal. I think I think Avengers Campus is going to open with the park reopening. Okay. Or with the real, you know, not the soft reopening that they're doing now. And um, I think that'll be in time for the holidays. Uh, okay. With tr- current trends the way that they're going, I, I think you're right on the money with a 
uh, mid-fall, maybe early fall optimistically, but probably more mid-fall, just in time for the holidays time frame. And um, we got to go, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was maybe just I thinking ha- about like this. Halloween. I could see it like open by Halloween. They do the you know kind of Halloween oh, events yeah. lead into into the holidays with Thanksgiving and Christmas, New yeah. Year's. Like I think that's that's kind of probably mm. – safe bet that they're at least shooting to have it open by then yeah i was just i was just texting with uh our our old disney buddy leslie uh and she i was talking to her about it as as a someone who grew up in california and went to disneyland all the time and hasn't been able to go um i was like this has got to be a thing whenever that date is announced you know block off that weekend i think that needs to be a thing uh maybe not the whole family in this year but you should we should you should totally drag quinn out that'd be pretty amazing yeah, I, I mean, I could if you guys are doing a trip, let me know. I I, I have yet to inform my wife of this plan, but uh, <laughs> that, that will be the next step. Um, all right, we, they did release some number numbers. Um, Disney parks, so never really a good good news. The reported drop uh, is a ninety eight percent drop in earnings per share. And almost this is entirely due to theme park closures. So they actually made up for a lot of that in some other sectors. But yes, they literally lost billions of dollars in revenue. No surprise. No. Number five, Disney Plus almost, not quite, they've almost crossed the 100 million subscriber mark. Um, Again, absolutely destroying initial expectations. Um, In April uh, 2019... On the investor day, when they announced they had their like big um, a- announcement of their paid subscriber outlook, they were saying, "Oh yeah, sixty to ninety million. Well, they're already about to cra- uh, cross a hundred, and so now their outlook is saying, "Yep, um, two hundred thirty to two hundred sixty million is our target subscriber base," which makes sense. Uh, <laughs> you know, only triple that. I uh, mean. Disney Plus just, I think, is it's a bad way to find success with the pandemic happening. Yeah. But I think really with the pandemic, the timing of it all, it really just kind of increased the interest in all streaming services, but really was perfect timing for Disney for there to, for everyone to just be stuck at home. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's true. A couple quick hits. Um, that total number... Of paid subscribers, um, if you include when including Hulu and ESPN Plus, they announced 146 million. Again, uh, fantastic, fantastic numbers. They're looking at 300, 350 million total for their global subscriptions, and then there's a bunch of like financial stuff and like outlook and numbers and you know things to make investors and shareholders happy. So, um, you know, <laughs> congratulations, everybody who are those types of people. Well, actually, you, although you had the opportunity to be on this call as a proud Disney shareholder, so. I did. I got an email that I could be on the call, but I just, I didn't. Yeah, that's did. fair. That's fair. I, we, we've, we've got the highlights here, more or less. Yeah, um, I'm a very, very small percentage shareholder. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I'm actually kind of kicking myself because when Disney, when everything first started happening, Disney stock actually dropped pretty significantly. Damn. And you could have bought in pretty cheap yeah. um, for a while there. And then it kind of went back up. But I was like, oh, I should have bought more shares. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's not doing too bad. Consider, I think they've they've done better than expectations considering the pandemic. So, 
Yeah, I don't think they've gotten back up to where they were pre-pandemic, but they got they were pretty low for a while. So even if you had bought in, yeah, at the low point, even if they only got back up, yeah. you know, seventy five percent, they you still would be making money. It ain't no GameStop, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, hundred thousand doses have been administered at the Disneyland va- vaccine site. You're like, wait, Disneyland has a vaccine site? Yes, it does. They literally have like a, the giant parking lot. Uh, near the parks they have a huge vaccine uh you can see like they have pictures it's like a whole tent city set up that they've got so at least you know what being able to use some of the property for uh public good it's pretty cool they want to get people vaccinated as fast as possible <laughs> like it's, please it's everybody please um and then soul actually in kind of a surprise uh has almost cro- almost crossed 100 million at the global box office um, so it soul did appear in the limited in limited ways in theaters, but considering how limited theatrical attendance has been, I think that's a, a relieving number. They didn't release numbers on like, uh, how much it costs. Wait, was soul one of the like premium one or was it dropped for free on Disney plus? I can't remember. That was a free drop on Christmas day. Yeah. I was going to say, so yeah, despite being free on Disney plus nearly a hundred million at the box office, that's pretty sweet. Uh, I loved that movie. It was really good. Yeah. I don't think you had watched it last time we talked about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but. you had seen it, but I had not yet. I, I did end up, no surprise, um, uh, loving it. So It was fantastic. Uh, attendance at Disney World has been steadily growing. Um, they often don't release any data about attendance at all. Um during a normal year especially but even during the pandemic they haven't really talked about numbers like what their 25 percent is or what that number of people is or you know the whole park Mm -hmm. hopping option they're they're not super transparent but they did at least give an idea of trends um the uh cfo christine mccarthy said the average daily attendance grew from last quarter of 2020 for the first quarter of 2021 so that I that's encouraging. I'm actually surprised. Even since last quarter was the holiday season, which is normally uh, much higher. So uh, January attendance, I guess, is the thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what capacity they're they're allowing at this point. I haven't heard in a while because you kind of heard rumors. Well, it's funny you should say that because they that's literally item number ten with a bullet. Disney World remains at their previously announced 35% capacity, and so they will continue to do that uh, throughout Q, the remainder of Q1 and looking into Q2. So 35%, whatever that means exactly, 35% of fire code, 35% of normal attendance, they're not saying, but 35% is the number they're releasing hmm. for uh, Disney World. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then there's a 11 just for funsies because they threw in an extra one at the Disney food blog. Uh, no mention of Tron light cycle run at magic kingdom. And we're still standing by for updates on that. We know Remy's Ratatouille adventure, cosmic rewind, harmonious, the galactic star cruiser. These are all projects that we know are moving along well, but we have not heard any updates on the light cycle run at magic kingdom, which I think is a bad sign. That is, probably one of these long delayed projects since we haven't I wonder heard anything. why because like when i was there in october it just seemed like it was far along you know you just you see the construction and you're just like oh wow cool this is going to be opening soon 
Yeah. So yeah. I wonder what the delay is. I, maybe it's just uh, shifting the funneling what construction money they have all into these handful of projects that they want to get across the finish line and putting everything else on pause. That's my guess. It's just splitting of resources now. Yeah. That's probably what maybe they're, they're saving it for a bigger, yeah. you know, event or something that they can open with. And maybe that's, and with the more limited budgets and, and COVID ops for uh, construction and stuff like that, I could imagine them wanting to get certain flagship attractions ready to roll in time for the uh, anniversary. 50th? 50th? 50th. 50th. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. a weird, it's weird because I think if not for the pandemic, we would have seen a year long celebration. Oh, yes. Where there would be sure. all these events and just, uh, you know, pe- there'd be a reason to be going. And it's weird because we're, you know, we have a plan to go soon and and it's like, man, I'm going on the 50th anniversary year, but there's no there's nothing planned for us yeah. to kind of commemorate it. Not no, not yet. They there's there's been some updates of like memorabilia and stuff at least that will be celebrating it into 2022 that I've seen on Disney Food Blog, but yeah, nothing really so far in the parks. Um, yeah. We'll keep a close eye on it. That's a good update of sort of the state of the union, of the state of the mouse house, I guess. Um, overall, I would say trending upward. Better news. Um, as is the pandemic itself. So we will be standing by for hopefully more good news the next time we gather here at the Mouse and Castle podcast. But stand by so that Aaron and I can fight about rides. <laughs> How do you? How do you? You've probably had this conversation with uh, your Disney buddies before. Your top ride, your favorite rides. How do you rank them? How do you value? How do you place how you personally like or dislike or love or hate a Disney attraction? Well, we finally sat down to do it. And it's already stirred what I would say are some some hairline fractures in our relationship, Aaron. I mean, there are things I didn't know about you. You know, you think you know a guy. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to a particular one, but Mm. I'm I'm, I'm saddened. Yeah, well, listen, yo-ho, yo-ho. It's it's a pirate's life for me. Um, So let's, let's talk about it. So we ranked our top... And, and and you sent me yours and Quinn's, and I thought this is the sweetest thing. You and Quinn got to sit down, dad and son, probably got a qual- some quality time to have some fun Googling around and uh, researching and thinking about and ranking your top 10 rides. You sent it over to me. I was like, oh, we're going to do this as an episode. It's going to be so much fun. I was feeling left out. I'm not even going to lie. So I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. So you sent it, and I, I was busy all week, and then finally had a minute to sit down and... Um, I was like, well, gosh and golly, how do I begin to do this? I'm I'm not super seasoned or experienced with Disney rides. That's kind of like a whole bit of the show is, Aaron, you have a lot more experience and a lot longer traveling to the parks. And even though, you know, over the last 10 years of my Disney park fandom, which started uh, in my college days as an adult, I really haven't had a wide breadth, uh, breadth of the rides. So of the ones I have been on and go on on a regular basis – I just like thought to myself, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to throw in any rides that I can think of that I like 
And that number happened to be exactly 20. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll rank everything and put my top 10 and then maybe some honorable mentions. And keep in mind, we're only talking Disney World. Yes, Disney World. That was so part, of the, the, part, of the, um, part of the deal. Yeah, so although we there are many Disneyland no. and California Adventure rides that we love, we'll yes. save that for another episode. Yeah, maybe to celebrate the reopening or something like that. But uh, now you might be thinking, that's where it stops. You write out your rides, write top 10 rides. and No. Because listen, unlike some people on this uh, podcast, I won't name names, but unlike some other people on this podcast, I believe in science and data and facts. And, and Aaron, facts don't care about your feelings. I, I've, <laughs> I mean, when you're ranking your favorite rides, it's kind of like, okay, mm. what's my number one favorite? You know, there's no science behind that. It's feeling. What, what ride brings you the most joy? So I created a spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> you send me the spreadsheet. I'm like, how am I supposed to rate? Like, the, I, the categories you picked, I don't even think I would pick these categories. <laughs> I was having a hard time picking categories. So initially, I, I, went, I found online a spreadsheet of every Walt Disney World attraction. It was from like 2018, so I had to update a few of the new ones that had opened. But it was a great start. Uh, and I went through and picked out like the 20 that I liked. But then I was like, I can't just rank them because I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, Aaron. But I, I couldn't be satisfied knowing that I was objective on which ones. I don't trust myself. This is what I'm realizing. I have trust issues with me because I was like, am I just picking that because I have a nice memory there? I, just, I question everything. That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> if you have a nice memory, that's great. Like I, I mean, mm. what my rankings are now will be different next year because I, you know, I, like Soren, for example, I love Soren, and at one time it would have been like maybe in the top three, mm. but I've ridden it so much that I'm kind of bored of it now. You know, it's, yeah. It's all yeah. about like how does it make you feel now? Or you could go through the four categories that are now weighted. Uh, that I selected. So this is what I did, ladies and gentlemen. I I have the fun category, which is out of 10 points. And then I have three other categories, nostalgia, queuing experience, and thrill. These are all three factors that I initially weighted equally. And then after a back and forth text with you, Aaron, I have to acknowledge you were correct. I think I was waiting it too much so i like gut instinct gut fun that's my out of 10 points and then you could get up to five points for each of the three categories and i went through and ranked all of my top 20 and now have a dedicated point systems now where there were ties i went through and and did a gut check as well as far as shuffling around any rides that were tied so that they would be in descending rank order and i'm ready to go aaron <laughs> how do you even have nostalgia <laughs> You're not even old enough to have nostalgia for Disney rides. Uh, no, well, sir, I dare say, you old fart, that I... Or, or <laughs> for example, like Rise of the Resistance just came out. You mm-hmm. can't have nostalgia for a ride that just came out. No, but nostalgia is an important factor in Disney ride experience, no? I think it is. It goes into if you how much you like a ride, for sure. Yeah, but... And and it has now been weighted down appropriately. Now, Aaron, you've right. done none of this. You have stuck to your guns and said, "I'm just sticking have, with my did, top ten. I did at least humor you and fill out my, you know, 
ratings for each of your things, but it didn't it didn't match with my actual ratings. So ah, gotcha. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so I think well, I I think ten to one. That's the way we've got to go. Um, I'll start with a couple honorable mentions. And when I changed the weighting, my the only one that changed was actually my number ten. It was Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, but changing the weight. Uh, because the thrill, the the queuing experience, like I think that's like one of the best, like experience waiting in lines. And to me, like when you're stuck, fast passes are great. But often you're there with a group of friends, and somebody didn't book a fast pass, and if you're stuck there for an hour or two in a ri- in a line, to me that's an important factor. So the queue for Smuggler's Run is amazing, and so it was weighted pretty high, and it was it was further up. But with the downgrade in 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 um, the weighting of that statistic. Uh, it was replaced by Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which has moved back into my top 10, which I feel better about anyway as a classic Disney ride. Yeah. Um, the And then an honorable mention, it, it just is just outside of, there, there are two that I just absolutely love these rides, and it makes me sad that they're number 11 and 12. But I stuck to my guns. But an uh, honorable mention to Soarin' Around the World and Swiss Family Treehouse. <laughs> Swiss Family Treehouse is not a ride. <laughs> R- I ride. know. It's not a ride. It's not even a ride. We, 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 it's not even doesn't fit the category of, of anything <laughs> else that we've done. But I love it. And it's like, I don't know. It, it was one of those movies that me and Bethany watched over and over again off of a recorded off of TV VHS. And so the first time when we went to the parks, it was one of the first things that we did. And so whenever Bethany and I are at a park, we always make a point of it to go to the Swiss Family Treehouse. But you're yeah, right. We'll have to do an episode where we rate maybe our top five like shows yeah. or or experiences that are not rides. Yes. I think this would fall that would fall in that category. Yeah, for sure. So I, I've already broken that rule. Um but uh but that's that's number my number ten Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Did it make your top ten? Are you uh, uh what's your number ten, sir? Yeah, Big Thunder Mountain is in my top ten. But my my number ten, if well, if we're doing honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Honorable mentions. Any ones that pained you that they didn't quite make the top ten? Um actually I had a pretty solid like I felt really good about my top ten. There wasn't one that got left out that I felt really bad about. Yeah. But if I had to throw a bone, I would say um Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Oh, okay. Didn't make my top ten, mm. and it's it's a newer ride. It's a super popular ride, yep. and it's a great it's, one. It's good. It's definitely a good ride, um, but it it fails in its time, its length of time. It's mm. too. It goes by too quickly. That's true. And so that's kind of why it didn't really make my list, and and maybe because it's a newer ride, so there isn't a lot of nostalgia for it. Mm. But that one was probably the one that didn't make my top ten. That would have been close. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It but, d- it did make my top ten, but that's a good honorable mention because it's a it's an example of one of their best recent rides. I would say. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw honorable mentions at uh, Mickey's Runaway Railway and ah, Frozen yep. Ever After as well. Those are two that are, mm. are solid rides that didn't nice. make my top ten. Nice. But my number ten is Smuggler's Run. Oh, so it did. And I don't know that it would have made my top 10 after my first visit to Galaxy's Edge. Okay. But now that I've been back a couple times and ridden it with different friends and had different experiences kind of each time, it just, the re-rideability is is really fun on that one. The True. queue is great. And it's like, 
the even just the the Millennium Falcon being there as like a centerpiece when you walk up to that ride is just I mean there there is not many more places in Disney that are more iconic looking. No, no, and that's when that I said area. like that the the queuing experience honestly that was the ride that made me think like oh this should be a factor because just just walking by the Millennium Falcon as you as you go go through the line it's brilliant it's 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 a it's an amazing design. Yep, number ten. Number 10. Coming in at number nine. I won't do that every time, guys, I promise. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's moved up because of how much, honestly, because of Frozen 2. But Frozen Ever After squarely makes my top 10 uh, just because it is, the characters are classics and beloved already, or I guess instant classics, modern classics. And, um, I don't know. There's something about the fun factor. It's not the thrill factor. There's no nostalgia. The queue's pretty normal. But every every time I go on that ride, there's just a big, stupid, goofy grin on my face um, as Olaf is singing the farewell song, and 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 that's literally the only. Uh, I was like, I was having even a hard time kind of going through like, why do I like this so much? But it's just one of those I I've never been like, eh when I got off of uh, Frozen Ever After. Well, you know you know that Olaf singing is one of my favorite things. Yes, absolutely. So. I know that's why it's definitely... <laughs> yeah, I, this ride, I think, you know, Frozen is kind of new Disney's star movie. Fair, yeah. In a lot of ways, like it kind of... Not that Tangled didn't... You know, Tangled kind of started heading Disney back in the right direction with those movies. But Frozen's really like what made this huge impact, I think. Yes. With Disney, so I think it's kind of it, it, those characters are, are just super iconic, and all the music from the movie. So just yeah, like you said, going through that ride is yeah is always a good time. There, there have it's been hard other not to like Frozen. There have been other movies in recent years that are like the the aughts or the two thousand teens Hercules, whereas Frozen is the is the two thousand teens Lion King. Right, it is. It is the flagship modern era Disney film. I would say. How dare you? <laughs> you know I love Hercules. <laughs> I, uh, true, true, true. Number I, nine. I Can I do my number nine? Yeah, hit me. So I had said something about it earlier, but Soren. Mm, yeah. This is one that's slipped pretty far down my rankings. It used to be just like an absolute favorite ride, mm. but I've just ridden it so much. And yeah. I, the one thing I wish they maybe would do is do more variations. Yes. It'd be um, so have, easy too. Yeah. Have, have special events where they do something different. Um, Soaring around the galaxy. Come on. Yeah. Just like switch it up a little bit, but it, it's such a cool, relaxing ride. And in like, I love going on it with my kids. Like they, they really like that ride a lot. So yeah. that one had to be in my top 10. Dum 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 dum. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I may or may not have like queued up when I'm like studying or trying to get some serious work done in the home office here. I'll like queue up YouTube and play the Soren exit music because <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like a three-hour uh, YouTube playlist that you can just cycle through that beautiful, uh, beautiful Soren music, and then somewhere in the background, it's Patrick Warburton going. Have a great time. Thank you for riding Soren. <laughs> it's 
Patrick Ward. <clears throat> uh, anyway, so my, my number nine. What is my number? Oh, oh yes. Uh, you know what? We start a trend that you're going to see increase the closer we get to number one, and that is Hollywood Studios rides, which is not a surprise for me at all. We're coming in with Rockin' Roller Coaster is my number nine. Rock and Roller Coaster. It did not make my top ten because... Or I guess I should say it's my number eight. We're kicking off number eight. I can't even keep up with my own list. But yes, number eight, Rock and Roller Coaster. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's one that, you know, would have made my top ten mm. year, years ago. But I've gotten older. Yeah. And that thing just beats me up. Oh, yeah. It's a rough one. When I get off that ride, my neck hurts. My back hurts. It's just... It's a little bit... It's too it's too rough. I like that initial like kind of how it shoots you off. That's my Still, favorite part. Yeah. I, I love that part, but then kind of as it goes through and kind of just shakes you around for the next however long, it's just like that one I actually don't mind missing if mm-hmm. I'm at Hollywood Studios. If I if I can't get on that one, I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Your number eight? Uh my number eight is sorry, I'm flipping back and forth. No, here. no, you're good. My number eight is uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's a great ride. You know, we've had a lot of overlap so far. It's a solid ride, and it's just one of it's more of it's one of the more classic rides. I love to see these classic rides kind of have mm. staying power. Yeah. And yeah. that's one that is just really fun. And it's it's still it's got thrill factor. You know, it's yeah. fast. No, it's a lot of kind of um in the the queue isn't great, but like the actual ride itself, the visuals and stuff that you get while you're on the ride. Let me let me ask you this, because and I'm imagining you you are like this too. Like we both like Expedition Everest. Oh yeah, but it did not make my top ten. I'm assuming it did not make yours. What is it about? Um, oh, it made the, mine. That's oh, that's a, interesting. Oh, that's a that's a big time favorite for me. We'll get to that one. Uh, okay, later. we'll get to that one because so for me, Big Thunder. Is you know what? I, it's probably because Epcot was one of the last parks that I kind of familiarized myself with. So Big Thunder has been a much reg- more regular in my rotation than Expedition Everest. Because I was thinking, like, in my mind, they're equally fun, but I just think of Big Thunder as more classically Disney for some reason. Yeah, um, they they have a different feel, whereas uh, Expedition Everest feels much more like a modern thrill ride. Mm, yeah, and Big Thunder Mountain is a little bit more dated, but still very well done. It feels, yeah, it feels more classic Disney. But I'm yes, sure you'll, you'll get to more classic than Everest. I'm sure you'll, you'll you'll get there fast, uh, fast approaching. But my, I'll, I'll rock, rock in with my uh, number seven, which is the second newest fl- uh, attraction. Although I'm realizing I'm taking a look, I do have a lot of newer attractions in my top ten. But it's the Slinky Dog Dash. Um, there's something about this ride. I've only ridden it a couple times, but it's, I mean, it's always slammed and for a good reason because it's, um, it's, there's, there's something about the, the zoomy, zoomy quality to it instead of just being, it's, it's a, I don't know, a family friendly fun roller coaster that has a big thrill factor but it's still a smooth ride and the and the zooming sensation that they add i'm i'm, I'm butchering whatever technical uh i like the zoomy zoomy yeah <laughs> we're just gonna call good. it officially the zoomy zoomy factor the zoomy zoomy factor is is what makes this special and and what lands it squarely in my top 10 and it has one of those launch uh portions of the ride which i think uh, there's a handful of disney rides that do that and they all do it well 
Mm, yeah. And Slinky Dog Dash is also on my list, but um, this one, like you said, it's smooth and yeah. fast, and it has some great views into Galaxy's Edge. True. It's yeah. just, um, it's the best part of Toy Story Land. Yes, easily. Maybe the only good part of Toy Story Land. How dare you? Actually, kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, except for Woody being saying like, "Howdy, partner!" at the beginning. It's kind of cool. I like that part. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much everything else. Um, then that I was think your number seven. That right? was my number seven. I think you're up for seven. My number seven, which may be surprising to people that know how terrified I am of this ride. Uh, oh, the Tower uh, of Terror. Yes. Yes. This this one still scares me. Uh, I get yes. nervous yes. getting on this ride every time I go on it. But I always, every time I finish, I'm always happy I did it. It's mm. you know I'm never disappointed. I always, I always have to get talked into it. Somebody drags me on it, but yep. then it's it doesn't yeah it doesn't disappoint. It's such a fun ride. The theming is perfect. Um, it's an iconic part of Hollywood Studios as you're walking down Hollywood Boulevard and you just see that towering. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that is a, a solid Disney ride. So that's my number seven. Mm. It's a uh, it's a favorite of mine. We'll talk about it in a second, but uh, okay, it's okay. definitely 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 a favorite of mine. I think uh, you have chosen well. Um, back to Hollywood Studios for ni- my number st- six. It is let's be honest, mostly for nostalgia. It's Star Tours. The adventures continue. Okay. Uh, did this make your top ten? True fanboy there. Um, no, I didn't think it did. Absolutely not. I did not think it did. And there's, I have ridden. There was a time, once upon a time, I was in Hollywood Studios, uh, at an old Forcecast podcast meetup with the one and only Steve Glosson, and just hanging out with him and a gang of folks. Uh, and they rode that ride, I think five or six times in a row. It had just poured down a summer storm in uh, in Orlando and uh, cleared out the whole park. And there's no line at all. And they just went through. I felt so sick. And I am not prone to motion sickness, but anyone who rides that ride six times in a row. Uh, yeah, it's it was a miserable, amazing experience. And I think that Star Tours is a hallmark of Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is my uh, favorite park. And so um, it only kind of makes sense that as the Star Wars guy who rides that uh, ride all the time, you know, it, it had to make my top 10. Although it's not what I recently have done because uh, my wife, Savannah, is not a big fan of uh, any kind of motion simulation. Mm-hmm. So we don't normally go. Uh, so I haven't been on it in a little while. So I wonder if it holds up or if it's all just fond memories of just sheer sickness. <laughs> I, I, w- I want to like this ride more. Obviously, yeah. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. It They do a great job with mixing up the experience so when you get on it you know there's multiple different locations you can go to and they mix and match which ones you're hitting my main issue with this is motion sickness i just yeah i get it so bad that when i ride this i always regret it i always feel bad for yeah. the next maybe 45 minutes so yeah as much as i want to like this one i just couldn't make my top 10 because of the motion sickness yeah the most recent update uh, that's totally fair criticism. the The most recent update that I was on had all the um, the Last Jedi 
um crate scenes and that that oh, yeah. that was pretty sweet addition not i do lie. i do tend to ride it um because i want to see the different scenes that yeah. they've added especially if they add something new so i will force myself to do it and i, t- I it's funny because my son really likes riding it and so i'll ride it with him but i close my eyes through a lot of it because it tends <laughs> to help yeah it's not scary i'm not closing my eyes because i'm scared i'm closing my eyes because if i close my eyes it tricks my brain into not getting sick so that's fair yeah you you and savannah can hang out and me and quinn will go like there you go that sounds time. like a plan <laughs> I think we are on for your number six. So my number six, I kind of already talked about, so we can breeze by it. But sure. Slinky Dog Dash. Yeah, nice. My number six. Yeah, good good choice. Zoomy, zoomy. Uh, zoomy for zoomy. me, and we already kind of hit it, um, Seven Doors Mine Train. It is too short, but man, I love all the little mini games and stuff uh, in, the, in the queue. It makes the time pass well. And then the actual the brilliance of the actual, I guess, coaster ramp being inside a cave where they project the shadows of the seven dwarves. Come on. That's that. I remember what the first time I read the ride, I was like, this is perfect. It's capturing an absolutely iconic moment of, of Disney film and it, right there and packaged in, in a fantastic ride. So seven dwarves, mind train, big fan. It's it. They did that ride so well. And that was one of the first rides I, I rode there where they really perfected the smoothness mm. of a fast ride. Yeah. But it's designed to look like it's an older, kind of more rickety roller coaster type ride. But then when you get on it, it's just so smooth around the bends and stuff. It's definitely a solid ride. I think one of the reasons, too, that it fell off my top 10 is it's I've just ridden it so much uh. um, that it's not one that I tend to kind of go after just because, you know, it's like, okay, I've yeah. done that a lot. <laughs> yeah and the wait's always so long it's like i could i can wait for two hours for that versus like 45 minutes for uh big thunder mountain yeah that's fair that's fair so are we at five uh your number five my number five yep that was so mine. this is yeah. the this is the one the controversial one okay because this is my fifth favorite ride and fifth it's not one. you don't even like this ride <laughs> and the fact that you don't like this ride kind of bothers me because we've been on it together a lot. And I haven't said a word, have I? <laughs> and I never got the sense that you didn't like it. Like, I've probably made you wait for this ride, mm. not even knowing that you were waiting for a ride you didn't like. <laughs> I don't. I feel betrayed. What ride could it be? Like, and it's based on a movie series that you really like. I, I mean, probably I mean, my the favorite... miniseries is based on the ride. But right, exactly. I love the, the movie series. So, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, this is a classic Disney ride. Mm. This is, I mean, it's part of Disney history. And it's just like the detail throughout and these animatronics that they've been using forever are still working. Mm. And the updates they've done, uh, I don't know. Like that one is just such a fun, relaxing, like if you're just looking to cool off, you just need you want to go sit down in a ride for a little while and look at cool stuff, and you like pirates. I mean, come on. How can you, I mean, I just don't get it. How can this not even? This is like, you rank this like your twentieth fav, favorite ride. How, it, like, it was bottom of the barrel. I, of, I so I put it in the top twenty because like I've got to put it in right because everybody loves it. But honestly, if I probably thoroughly looked through, there are probably more that I would rank ahead 
of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> probably. You'd probably put like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh Adventures. <laughs> Ariel's Sea Adventure, probably. Yeah, like Nemo's <laughs> friend, Nemo and Friends. Oh, God. No, that's the the worst. Uh, my least favorite Disney ride probably is the, um, it's at Disneyland, the Nemo um, ride where we, you go around in the submarines. De- what we definitely have to do as well. Mm-hmm. Now that we've, now that we've, uh, open the can of worms on, on rankings. <laughs> we got to do a, le- a top oh. five least favorite rides. Or well, that's what, that would be that's fun. what the people want. That's, that's Just what gets all the clicks up. on Buzzfeed is the worst, the five worst Disney rides of, but I would not put pirates of the Caribbean amongst the worst, but definitely bottom of this list. And, and here's why. In fact, I think you did a better job of describing why than I could, which is it's the ride. If you want to just go on, sit there and look at some animatronics <laughs> But that's so many Disney rides. It's not any of the ones in my top ten. Not make either of our top (laughs) tens. Wait, which one? Spaceship Earth. I don't think it's even on your list. No, no. (laughs) But no, I mean that's that's kind of a Disney thing, though. And I know that's that's for me. I guess when you're talking about nostalgia, Mm. this is one that definitely has the nostalgia factor because it's just like it's that classic Disney ride. It's kind of what Disney rides used to be. That's what like. That's what Disney yes. rides were. And I think that's the nostalgia factor is what is one thing that I think really boosts this ride for that is why there's this big gap. Because I, I think objectively looking at the way it's designed, it's very dated. And it's not a bad thing if you like it. And it's, and, and, and legitimately, it's in my top 20 because I actually do appreciate the ride. It's just not my go-to um, because the craftsmanship is incredible. And, and even just the, the fact that it's like such a classic and it's always a hit when you're in a group and you want to go on Pirates of the Caribbean, which is why I always kind of smile and nod and go along with it because I'm the guy who wants to take everybody to the Swiss Family Treehouse. So, uh, <laughs> so fair criticism. Listen, send me your criticism at Mouse and Castle on Twitter. Um, but seriously, I um, I I think because it's dated and because it's very it's very two dimensional. So and I here's the perfect comparison. When it comes to two very classic Disney rides that are similar in construct. And that's Haunted Mansion and um Pirates of the Caribbean. Now neither of them really made my top 10 because I lean more towards the I like the thrill factor and and, and the fun factor amped up a little bit. I like my I like my Splash Mountain, I like my Slinky Dog Dash, Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, and but Flash Mountain is basically Pirates of the Caribbean with a drop at the end. Oh come on! But you get you're going, they get splashed. You're going around everybody screams. Looking at animatronics. Does everybody scream during Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I ha- well, uh, sorry, I totally sidetracked. But the comparison between Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. So I, yeah. I, I think both of those I aren't the type of ride that I like. But I, I, th- I think and appreciate Haunted Mansion way more because of the intricacies and the different set pieces that you go through where you have um you have the projection technology you have the ghost dining room with all of the illusions there you have even though it's just like you are literally going through and just watching different animatronics and stuff there's a lot more variety and depth in haunted mansion which is why even though it's not my top 10 i ranked it quite a bit above Pirates of the Caribbean, whereas Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of like it's a small world, but with skeletons. Uh, <laughs> There's giant ships shooting cannons at each other. There's fire that you can feel the heat from. Um, There's multiple like mini drops. No, no it's no, no. a world it's of pirates. A world of no, ships. No. It's a world. 
Haunted Mansion is a great ride. Didn't make my top ten, but it's not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh wow, hmm. you are wrong. Well, well, your opinion is wrong. You're <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. But. I'm entitled. To, I'm entitled to my wrong opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's very generous of you, sir. No, I, I that was that was fun. I I think it's it it. I've never actually had the chance to get that off my chest, and I feel better now. Uh, I want you, actually, I'm legit. I want to make sure I don't get the you know, mouseandcastle at gmail.com. I want you to weigh in where you are on the Pirates of the Caribbean debate. Mouseandcastle at gmail.com, or just hit us up on Twitter. Aaron's at AVGoins or at mouseandcastle. You can uh, weigh in on your thoughts. Am I, am I, the, I just want to know that I'm not the only one, that somebody else out there thinks that Pirates of the Caribbean is very overrated. If if they do, they're probably under the age of twenty five. How dare you? <laughs> uh, where were I've co- totally thrown off the Your entire show. Your number four, I think. My next. number four, which was which is Splash Mountain. Now that since I brought it up, so okay. Splash Mountain, it's a classic. I I I love it. Um, I'm ec- but I am excited to see the re theme. Uh, yeah. We've talked about that a bit on the show. I think it's due for that for for any number of reasons. Um, but but I, me and Savannah went on it on our most recent trip, had a blast, and just reminded me. I, I like the, the thrill factor at the end and the fun music along the way. And there's just something about zippity-doo-dah at the end. I always kind of am you know, skipping to the beat as I leave the ride. So, you know, it's one of those, it's due for a refresh, but uh, I'll, miss, I'll miss parts of it. Yeah, I think I'm super excited for the refresh, and that's a, that's a ride that I really enjoy. It didn't make my top ten, but it's mm. it's, a, it's a solid classic Disney ride. Yeah, yeah. And then so, we are hidden into our top, top three, four. four. Yeah, this is your four, right? Yeah, my number four. Now this is another one that I don't think is even on your radar. Oh, okay, but it's an absolute favorite of mine, and it's Kil- Kilimanjaro Safari. Ah, mm. didn't this even one, make my list. It's just. <laughs> This one is, it, it's kind of one of those rides that like you either love or you hate it, or not hate, but like I know a lot of yeah. people like just could care less to go on this ride. That's me. But <clears throat> I really, this one is just so fun because you, you get to go through basically a nature preserve or something that you wouldn't necessarily experience in mm. too many places, with legitimate you know animals from from all over the world, and yeah. it's it's a different experience every time because yeah. you know what animals are going to be active. The animals are kind of walking around and um, you know, you can have different interactions, not that you can really interact with the animals, but some of the animals will walk right up to the, to the you know vehicle and things like that. And then you get different kind of like jungle cruise, except without all the cheesy jokes, you get like a different mm. driver yeah. each time and they're kind of on a script, but they, you know, they go off script some too. So this one just and it's another one that's just relaxing. I like the the animal aspect of Animal Kingdom. The live animals is yes, one of my favorite yes. parts of that of that park. So the fact that I can go and see elephants and giraffes and mm. wildebeest and all this stuff, yeah. uh, hippos and everything like it's just really cool. My, it's like you're being driven through a really cool zoo. I will say this, even though it it didn't make my list at all because it's it's just not as much my thing. My, my appreciation for for Animal Kingdom as a whole has just continued to go up especially with the the documentary on disney plus um where they yeah, feature animal now case. we know the names of some of these animals i know it's and 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 like it we actually animal kingdom was, was one of the primary parks that we uh visited me and savannah last month when we went and i know we kind of talked about it a bit on the podcast but um 
the experience we, we really did focus on the sort of animal experience we went to the, the the bird show and we did the safari and we just had a really good time and we like stopped and talked to some of the handlers about the the lions and uh you know learned some of the history and the some of the conservation projects and we even i don't know if i said this on the podcast but we definitely uh waited till the line was empty and went on the um the up themed wilderness explorer uh I guess scavenger hunt essentially is you what did? it is. We you did went and got your badges? We did. We we didn't wow. we had a rule. We our, the rule was if there are kids in line, we're not gonna like disrupt the line because yes, this is this is literally for six to ten year olds, I would say. Yes. We had so much freaking fun. And so did all of the uh, attendees, like because they would tell us like the more in depth backstory and like right. uh, a little bit more context and stuff around some of the various animals and conservation projects and stuff that they work. And we learned all about diff- different birds that were na- that naturally hang out in the park. And we learned about, ooh, we learned about the giant uh, T-Rex uh, replica that's out in Dino Land, which is the, the actual uh, fossil is at the uh, Chicago Museum. I don't know why I blank- blanked on The Smithsonian. No, not Smithsonian. But you know, anyway, the big museum in Chicago, um, yeah, and yeah. we learned like the whole story behind the uh, the rights to it were fought over based on the landowner versus the S excavation team that was like working on his land with permission. But like, there's a bidding war for this the the biggest you know ninety eight percent plus preserved fossil of a T Rex, and someone pitched Disney and said, hey. This, should, this thing belongs in a museum, and so they did. They just shelled out a bunch of money and bought it, and then donated it, and then in turn they got like a massive replica, and it's in Dino Land. It's crazy. See that long story you just told me uh-huh. is the reason why Quinn did not like the Wilderness <laughs> Explorers because he was so excited for it. And then the first couple of stations we went to, they started like telling him all this sciency data and, and, and making him answer questions, and he was just kind of looking at me like. Okay, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. And by the time we got to like the third or fourth station, he's like, do I have to listen to them talk <laughs> to, to get my badge? He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Meanwhile, <laughs> so they, me and my wife, a 29 and 26-year-old, are listening with rapt attention about how once upon a time the McDonald's Corporation actually sponsored Dino Land, and it was a joint effort between Ronald McDonald Foundation and Disney. And <laughs> True story. All true story. Uh, And I just burned up five minutes on the podcast talking about it. Um, You know, Aaron, for our top three as we're moving in, I'll kind of try, I'll sync up our discussion because I know we kind of have tag teamed as as we've had overlapping rides. So my number three I know is definitely, I I already know this is one of your favorites, so we'll talk about it in a second, is Flight of Passage. Uh, Great ride. Uh, (laughs) Savannah says it's highly overrated. Fun fact. I love really? it. I love it. But yeah, she's not a not a huge fan, or at least doesn't understand the hype. Uh, but I know that's... We'll, we'll talk about that one in a second, but what's your number three? I, re, I, uh, I believe uh, Tara, of of the John and Tara Hickey fame, mm. uh, also felt that that ride was overrated. So. Uh, I, I will let her know. She'll feel vindicated. Savannah's not alone. <laughs> uh, I think it was because I hyped it up so much. Yeah. But my number three is Everest. Okay, nice. Which, which is just... It's... It's next to when it comes to thrill ride roller coasters at Disney. Um, 
I would say this ride and Incredicoaster are the two that can actually kind of hang with other thrill ride parks. Yeah. Um, that actually have more modern, kind of more thrill roller coasters. Disney tends to not have yeah. those type of rides as much. But I think Everest kind of falls in that category where it's actually like a legit roller coaster. And um, you can't get better views yeah. of Animal Kingdom from anywhere but the top of Everest. So that that's that's definitely my top three. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, well deserved. I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Everest. It didn't make my top 10, but definitely made it square in my, right in the middle of my top 20, right ahead of uh, Muppet Vision 3D. Jeez. I love Muppet Get Vision 3D. Muppet Vision I 3D. love it so much. I even I watched the Muppets. Ride's still a th- like, I can't believe that show is still a thing. <laughs> oh, it's going to go away. There's only, yeah. there's never a line there. <laughs> they're they're going to bulldoze that one soon. Actually bulldoze it, not just like in the bit and the right. Anyway, so my number, uh, let's go ahead and do it. Number two, um, I thought if I were if I were just like naming what I thought were the best rides, I'd probably put this at number one. But number two, Rise of the Resistance. That's I mean, what's wrong with uh, statistical analysis. Is <laughs> your your actual favorite isn't your favorite. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what true. that's what should have tipped you off. Mm. Yeah, number two is for me is also Rise of the Resistance. Oh, nice! Well, look at us go! Look at us go! It's just it's such an innovative ride. It's mm. got it's it's got a couple things I don't love about it, but overall, just the scope of that ride, mm. they just there's nothing else like it, and there's no other queuing experience that's like that. The it the brilliance of this ride is that it's a bunch of small rides all in one. Yeah, it's an experience. It's not even really... And you... Yeah, exactly. You it's don't really ride. know... Mild spoilers, if you haven't done it, it's one of those rides that you can spoil, which is why you know it's good. Yes. Um, but it's it's um, the idea that you don't you don't really know when you've started the ride. Is it when you're ushered into a queue and numbering systems by, um, you know, a First Order officer? Or is it before that, when you walk into a massive hangar full of First Order storm, stormtroopers? Or is it before that when you're on board the uh, you know the the resistance ship that's captured, or is it you know th- there are so many points that you don't even know when this ride starts, and then it, you know you're ten or fifteen minutes in, you're like, am I on the ride? I guess I'm on a ride vehicle now. It started, but um, that's the brilliance of it, and I think it's really well executed. It's still the first time I wrote it. I think it's technology that's in beta. They've had a lot of issues with the consistency of running it smoothly a lot of ride vehicles have been you know reported with issues where they're having a hard time keeping it at as high a capacity as they do other rides uh hence the boarding system boarding pass system that they've continued to use but still it's like incredible i can't wait for the ratatouille ride um with the similar trackless vehicle technology so that is my number two nice yeah and i guess that covers your number two as well yeah, I'll knock so it out. Number one, you know my number one, and this was the only one that I was like could honestly say this is a ten out of ten fun factor. Gut check every time, max out anything I would expect from a ride, and that is the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. All right, I love it. I love it so much. It's it's a it's a not only the nostalgia is, is way up there for me because it's in Hollywood Studios and it's one that I ride pretty much every time we go. I have so many great memories of. Uh, making William go on it uh, against his will, <laughs> using every form of questionable persuasion. We did. Ah, oh, it was so fun. 
Wow. He hated he was legit angry. And the only way that I think William could actually express anger, which is still very difficult to detect because William is a, an incredible human being, but our dear friend William Devereaux, we cajoled and it was mostly Bethany. Bethany was the one who was really able to like twist the knife and pressure him to get on this freaking ride. Um <laughs> she was the one that made him go. But yeah, uh, there's so many great memories. I, I remember dropping my phone on that ride. Oh, yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> um, it's and, a good ride. It's about, it's my number seven. But yeah, yeah. it's number one for you. That, yeah. That's actually kind of surprising. Yeah. And, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought of like, yeah, this is it's it's a great experience. And and it's this is not a Disneyland one, but I think that uh, Guardians Breakout only took it to 11 using everything that works so well with the tower of terror but yes i agree i actually think um you know we'll get to our disneyland ranking someday yeah. but i'm sure Breakout. i think the guardians ride is is actually better than yeah. tower of terror yeah i'd agree i'd agree and then your number one sir my number one far and away nothing even touches it hmm. flight of passage and this is why Terra probably thinks it's overhyped and probably why savannah thinks it's overhyped because i also Love Flight of Passage. It was my number three, but it was literally like so in my <laughs> point system. It was only one point behind Rise of Resistance um, and three points behind my top choice, Tower of Terror. Uh, because there's something about Flight of Passage, and it it's it's it, there there is an incredible... I think there's a reason the first Avatar film was such a, a moment in culture. And it was a lot of it was the cool new 3D technology, and everyone kind of wanted to be a part of this new experience. But visually, uh, and from a from just a pure visual language of the way that James Cameron told that story, it's just enormously compelling. Um, you know, Pandora is a is a place you'd want to visit. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that the characters of that film merit longevity. But certainly the environment and the world are what I think Disney recognized as something that's so incredible that they decided to do a partnership with a property they don't even own, which is not, I don't think, normally something that they would do. Um, And so the fact that they not only made this ride, but made uh, Pandora a part of Animal Kingdom, I think, says just how incredible and immersive this world is, which is why the Flight of Passage experience is is i think such a such such a thrill and such you know again fun factor all the way up to 10 on yeah this one. and i don't even like honestly i didn't even like the movie that much yeah so i'm not a big avatar world of avatar fan like when mm-hmm. it comes to the movie and i'm not even that excited about the like sequels that are coming out when disney kind of announced that they were doing this i was disappointed i was like oh really we're gonna use a whole land for a movie i don't even like yeah, but visiting that that part of of Animal Kingdom for the first time, it really changed my mind. Not necessarily about the movie, but just about the environment. I was just like, wow, this is there's just it's just so cool what they can do with this. And Flight of Passage is just one of those rides. I've ridden it a lot, but it every single time I ride it, I absolutely love it. And um, even just this last, I was just you know when I went there in October. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, okay, I've ridden this a lot. Like, is it still going to hold up? And it just did every time. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I get that kind of thrill on any other ride, Disney or any other park. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like, for me, 
I'm with you every step of the way. I, for the same thing that for me, I think Tower of Terror holds that thrill factor every time. I never get sick of it. I, I think that in a similar way, that's what makes Flight of Passage so special. And it was years before I, I actually wrote it because the line's always so long. I'm like, I, and and I'm never able was never able to get fast passes. It's like, why? Well, I'm not. I can't wait two and a half hours for a <laughs> Disney ride. But you know, it was worth it when I finally did it. Uh, it was incredible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, whew, we did it, Aaron. We have, our friendship is intact. I would, I think, I th- mostly. Did Maybe. you? So I'm curious. Um, <laughs> park weighted, like, because mm. I actually looked at my rankings because I was curious to see like which park had the most rides that I like. Yeah. Which kind of solidifies for me that because I always say Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. Oh and yeah. I was going to ask you. That, the, the fact that three of my top four rides are in Animal Kingdom, and then it's kind of like, okay, it definitely solidifies that as my favorite Disney park. Overall top ten, which was your top park? Um, My top park, I think, For me, was... while you're looking, I'll, I'm counting through. Hollywood Studios, definitely far and away. I had one, two, three, four, five, five, so half of my top ten were Hollywood Studios. I had four in Hollywood Studios, which was also my top. Mm, nice. Yeah. So, and then I, three at Animal Kingdom, two at Magic Kingdom, only one at Epcot. Mm. That's Ah. my top ten. Frozen Ever After. (laughs) Soren. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't even, it was honorable mention. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's an episode. Whew. I was, I don't know, I felt like almost nervous. (laughs) We had our Pirates of the Caribbean fight. I don't think we have any... It's definitely an agree-to-disagree situation here. But look at us. Modeling how society and politics should be. We disagree on Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I mean, I'll never ride it with you again. Mm. Well... (laughs) And, um, you know, is the Three Caballeros ride better than Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) They're three happy chappies with snappy serapies. Oh, oh, Lord. Only uh, two of the animatronics ever work at any given time of the three. <laughs> That's true. That is so true. Well, uh, folks, seriously, I encourage you to uh, join. Uh, well, I, I want you to email us. Seriously. Uh, what is it? Mouse and Castle. Yeah, mouseandcastle at gmail.com. Sorry, I was pulling up my notes there. But uh, uh, weigh in on the Pirates of the Caribbean yes, ride. we want to hear your top tens. We mm-hmm. don't get a lot of emails, but I think this, this warrants emails. Yeah, I th- I'd love to hear top tens and also... Just what do we? What do you completely disagree with Riley on? <laughs> just, just me. Yes, yeah. uh, and then I will learn. I have been Disney canceled. I'm officially canceled. <laughs> I don't like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, at Mouse and Castle uh, is what you want to do for Twitter. Mouseandcastlepodcast.com will have the links to everything we've talked about in this episode 52 of the Mouse and Castle podcast. You can also find links to everything else there, including our uh, Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, make sure you leave us a rating and review. You can also snag our RSS feed on the website, uh, our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All the stuff's there on mouseandcastlepodcast.com, including the links to everything we've talked about today, the Q1. You know what I'll even do? I'll link my Google Doc, my Google Sheet of my... Uh, rankings and you can kind of see the point system that i've made 
uh, all there at mouseandcastlepodcast.com. I'm deleting my tab. <laughs> and then uh, Miss <laughs> yeah, Aaron's tab, Aaron's actual rankings that matter is the, is the other tab. <laughs> I no, leave it up, leave it up. I want you. Aaron has a tab on there. You can take a look for yourself. Make your own. It'll be a fun time. Uh, let folks know where they can find you, Aaron. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at avgoins, and check out my other podcasts: Star Wars Bookworms, Bad Wolf Radio. Um, yeah, yeah. Check them out. Check them out. Easy, easy find. I will have links to that at the podcast website as well. You can follow me at the Riley guy or uh, listen to the uh, Star Wars Report podcast if you want to so we've been on a few weeks break but we'll be back next week uh, talking all things Star Wars Uh, but until next time guys thanks for listening to the Mouse Castle podcast and may the magic of the Disney park stay with you even during these uh, pandemic times and I look forward to when we can gather again at a Disney park and you know what Aaron um one of these days we're going to do like a mouse and castle meetup in the parks. That'll be pretty fun. But until next time, guys, we'll see you. You notice how I started to go for something and I was like, I'm not even trying. Nah, not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> we- it's like I was going to something catchy, something catching. Brain's not working. Uh- <laughs> Dead men tell no Oh, tales. that's what I should have done. Yes. Ah. Uh. I love Pirates of the Caribbean so much, too. It's probably my favorite Disney franchise. I don't count Star Wars, but... Mind blown. I know. Mind blown. (laughs) I just didn't didn't realize you, you hated Disney so much.